It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Presented by Sweet Sweat. Hey, welcome into the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Mike uh, Evans, Mark Schlereth, Scott the Hub, producing the show. I'd like to thank the fine folks over at Sweet Sweat for all your exercise and supplement needs. SweetSweat.com. Check them out. SweetSweat.com. Also, Superbook. We'll hook up with Jay Cornegay later in the program to go over our picks. And uh, let me just start off right there. Um, I am I'm the world's worst. If you just go, and we warned you, come playoff time. Go opposite of Mike and I, and things are going to work out well for you. I am two and eight against the spread. <laughs> two and eight against the spread. You are uh, are you? I mean, I'm I'm on the bottom looking way up at you, and you're only five and five. I know. Mediocrity ruling with mediocrity. At least you're me. I would take mediocrity right now. Two and eight, Mike. Two and eight. Well, I tell you what, I've been getting some bad beats. Well, yeah, bad beats. Bad beats. <laughs> so I will give you this. I will give you this. Uh-huh. Uh, last week you took the chi- the Chiefs minus 10, and there's no doubt in my mind that if Mahomes doesn't get hurt, they, they win that game comfortably. Yeah. yeah and, I know, think they when he went out, they were up like 19 to 3 they or just, 16 yeah, to 3 it, or it something. It felt like, like that. a game that was going to get away from Cleveland. But then, right. he got, then he got hurt and everything changed. So, you, first of all, do you anticipate him playing this week? And if he does, which is is expected, do you give the Bills much much of a chance? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's interesting. Um, one, do I anticipate him playing? Yes. Um, you know, the, the concussion thing, being in concussion protocol doesn't mean you were actually diagnosed with a concussion. And he was never actually diagnosed, or at least they didn't report a concussion. They never diagnosed him. He lost, you know, the the function of uh, he stood up and and was, you know, wobbly need, right? And that doesn't necessarily mean. I mean, most of the time it indicates that you had some type of head trauma, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you had head trauma. But part of the new concussion protocol, and this happened a couple of years ago in a game I called in Houston, where remember Tom Savage? Tom Savage got knocked. I mean, he got knocked the f out, and. He went where where you get that concussion paralysis, like where your, your arms get still, like, you know, and they put him back in the game. And so from that point forward, there was a big push. If you have some type of either you have that kind of stiffness of a arm or extremity or you lose the ability to, to stand and, and, you know, you get wobbly, they have to pull you out and put you in the concussion protocol. And so at that point, you're pretty much out of the game. That that's the new protocol. So, like the concussion stuff or the protocol stuff, I, he he passed a couple of stages earlier in the week. That doesn't scare me. I think the foot is more problematic as far as he, I, he'll play with it. But I think the foot's more problematic than the concussion protocol. So I think he will play. Um, but do I think do I think the Buffalo Bills are a damn good team? Yeah, I do. And they're an interesting team because. They're going to throw it. That's that's what they do. But they have the ability. I've seen them run the ball with efficiency. I've seen them do things, um, you know, that that would kind of – I think they're a more complete team than people give them credit for. And I think the only, the only real missing link to me when it comes to them defensively that, that I think they don't do well, I don't think they have one guy up front 
that is a great like matchup nightmare where you have to turn protect. You have to have a plan. Like if you want to go five one on ones across the board and get in a three by two formation, you want to get in a four by one formation, you want to get in a spread empty formation. You're not really worried if you're Kansas City about hey we gotta we gotta find a way to 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 block Ed Oliver or we gotta you know we gotta we gotta find a way to block uh, Hughes or we got like I just I just don't think there's anybody that really scares you from a a one on one standpoint. You know what's fascinating about this matchup is you have the benefit of looking back at a, a regular season matchup between these two teams and. What jumps out at you, mm-hmm. Kansas City won that game 26 to 17 in Buffalo. They they won it with their ground game. They only threw it, Mahomes only threw it 26 times mm-hmm. for 225 yards and two touchdowns, but they ran the ball 46 times for 245 yards. Clyde Edwards Hilaire had 26 carries for 161 yards in that game. Right. So it was it was really a, a, a atypical type Chiefs performance. Do you, do they go with that same kind of a game plan this week? Yeah, this is the thing about the Chiefs that just intrigues me. Like, look at the first drive against Cleveland. First drive against Cleveland. I mean, they they just ran the ball down their throats. Like, they have the ability to be multiple. And one of the things about Andy Reid that I think he's done a great job with them is. They're constantly they're they're constantly doing things from a formational standpoint, from a motion standpoint, just from a just from a play standpoint that are unique. Every week there's something that's a little bit unique about what they do. And that to me is because they are so good, they're trying to guard against boredom. And so like the fact that they have done that, that that's in their past, that they can do that. They're one of the few teams that I've ever watched that I felt like, and I've never felt this way about anybody, not even the teams, you know, that I played for or, or that I played on. They're the maybe the only team that I've ever felt really comfortable saying they have the ability to flip the switch. And I don't believe in flipping the switch. I don't believe that that's how you win. I don't believe that that's a, a long-term recipe for success. I, I don't. Yet they can do it. And it's that that's amazing to me that they have that ability. So Bills win this game if they do what? Well, I think the Bills uh, the Bills win this game if they can consistently produce on the offensive side of the ball in their passing game. And and that comes down to me, do you can you create big plays and can you keep the chains moving? So one of the unique aspects of what the Bills do is they've got you know, Cole Beasley on the inside, who is like a quarterback playing wide receiver. He's a guy that that doesn't have a prescribed route, so to speak, or a route tree. Everything he does is kind of option route. So it's, do you see the exact same thing that the quarterback sees? And do you see leverage and coverage the way the quarterback sees it? And do you adjust your route accordingly the way the quarterback thinks you're going to adjust your route? And the answer to all those questions is yes. So I think he is, I think he's a real key, especially on third down, Mike of stopping Cole Beasley and making making that third down target making the quarterback get off of that. If they can stay on that, I think they've got a they've got great success rate. The other thing is they're going to get you into formation formationally, they're going to get you into, you know, 3 by 1 with a back or whatever it is. And what they're going to do is they're going to force you they're going to force you into situations where you've got one-on-one on the outside into the boundary to Stefan Diggs. 
And the thing about Stephon Diggs is this is 80s type of football is, you know, Josh Allen told me point blank that Stephon Diggs would drive most quarterbacks crazy because he's never exactly where he's supposed to be. Everything is kind of an adjustment route based on how he feels and how guys are covering him. But I've said this before. I've told you this before. It's not your ability to run fast. Everybody can run fast, right? Everybody, like, what the hell is the difference between a 4-3-8 and a 4-4-2? In, in, in the overall scheme of things, there's no difference. Like, it, they're, they're, it's the same damn thing, right? Maybe it's over the, uh, the course of 40, 50 yards, maybe you got an extra, you know, yard of separation, whatever. Uh, how many routes actually get run at 40, 50 yards? And if you get, run around at 40, 50 yards, there's a double move involved, and that's how you got open in the first place, right? So like, we make way too much out of just top-end speed. What what separates Stephon Diggs is ability to stop, his short area quickness, his change of direction. Like I had a coach this year tell me something that really resonated with me when it comes to wide receivers. She said, I, like everybody can run fast. It's your ability to stop fast. That's what separates the great ones from the good ones. And I don't know that anybody stops faster or has more short short um, area separation skill than Stephon Diggs. I think that's why he's the – I think he led the league in, in receiving yards, right? I mean, I think, I think that's really why. And you watch him. So he'll adjust a route where he's supposed to run a six-yard stick route and it'll be nine yards or it'll be four yards, whatever. And Josh Allen – has such arm talent that he can be a sight thrower. Like a lot of a lot of quarterbacks can't do that because they don't have enough arm talent to do it. So they've got to throw it on time. So you were around here in Denver when Peyton Manning. I'll never forget watching Peyton Manning run a drill, and he ran the show. I mean, Peyton Manning was in charge. Like the coaches would just stand on the sidelines and just like watch him run the drill. And him getting after guys like Brandon Stokely, just or or uh, you know or Demarius, uh, Thomas, Demarius Thomas, Eric Decker, and he'd be like mother effing dudes. When I tell you to run that outcut at eleven, I don't want it at twelve. I don't want it at ten and a half. I want it at eleven. You want you know otherwise because he relied on anticipation and timing, and he was throwing it to a spot before you got there. Yep. Ball was out of, already out of his hands. Out of his hands. Guys were turning out, out of their breaks, and here comes the ball. And the ball is hitting him in the face mask. Yeah. Where Josh Allen has such arm talent, he's like, you make your break wherever the hell you want to make your yeah. break. Because I got the arm talent to get it there. there. There's there's only a handful of guys, Mike, over the course of, of, you know, it's the Aaron Rodgers. It's the Brett Favre. It is, the, it is those guys that have that kind of arm talent that can be sight throwers and get away with it. Nobody, There's very few that actually have that ability. So we'll make our picks against the spread a little bit later, but just Ugh. picking to win. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Chiefs. I am too. Okay. I'm taking the Chiefs. All right. How close or how big of a difference? We'll get to that a little bit later on. Without a doubt, Aaron Rodgers had his worst game of the season against Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Tampa in October... A 38-10 loss. Right. He was 16 of 35 for 160 yards, two interceptions, one of which was a pick six. He was sacked four times. He had a quarterback rating of 35.4. Does that is that is that a a preview of what's to come on Sunday? I, what, how, how do you right. how do you flush that out of your system? Well, I mean, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers has had one of the great seasons of all time. And that was an outlier. Um, 
and he threw two picks in that game that were, you know, frankly, they just weren't they weren't good throws. Um, one, I think it was Mike Edwards is just basically playing robber, you know, thief, whatever you want to call it, uh, rolling down in a single high safety situation, playing the hook like he just he just basically robbed a, a inside route. Uh, the other was a timing route on an outcut by I think Devontae Adams that um, they blitz from the opposite side, and you know, and and Jamel Dean just read it like he knew what was coming. You knew you have X amount of time to throw it, and that's one of the things that that Tampa does to you. They'll squat on routes and say we're going to bring pressure. We're going to squat on these routes. We know that you have to get the ball out in a five step drop, you know, without a hitch. And so we'll squat on these, assuming our blitz is going to get there. See, that that's the thing about blitzing teams, Mike. And I've always said this. It's not so much picking up blitzes and understanding blitzes. It's the timing and execution of the blitz. Can you get to the quarterback essentially on your, on your fourth step? So the great blitzers, the great blitzers in the league have this innate ability to count their steps. They've got to get, like, if you if it takes you six steps to get the quarterback, you know what you're not going to get? To the quarterback. He's going to have the ball gone. So can you get there? If you're coming off the slot, can you get to the, can you affect the throw on your fourth step? Take your fourth step, bam, affect the throw. If you got to get six, you're you're too late. Mm-hmm. So the blitz is, is a timing and execution thing. Timing the snap count and and hitting a spot to where you can get to the quarterback to affect the quarterback Tampa does it as well as anybody. I mean, Devin White, I've said it a million times, he plays with a rocket up his ass, man. He is, I've never seen a dude any more explosive, any more triggered than that dude. Um, Their their ability to bring pressure. um, Antoine Winfield Jr. is a freaking phenomenal three-level player. He can blitz from the edge. He can play coverage or linebacker. He can be a deep safety. Like the guy has skill set. He can play man. Like they've got guys that have that versatility to to play uh, all the positions. Murphy Bunting is a really good player. Jamel Dean, really fast, really good player. Uh, Carlton Davis is a guy that nobody really ever talks about. That it to me is one of the top cover corners in football. So they've got the ability to bring that pressure and create you know create plays on the back end. Now here's the thing. If you can pick it up and if you can if you can snap it, like change snap counts, um, if you can sn- quick snap them so they don't get to the position to blitz, so they, they, they have to take that sixth step to get to the, a quarterback, then you can run your routes a little bit deeper and you can burn them. You, like you can get big plays on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that is a, that's going to be a chess match within a chess match between Aaron Rodgers and, and Todd Bowles, the defense coordinator for Tampa. I know you love talking about all things Brady. Did you did you see this uh, breakdown of what Brady's done since turning thirty seven compared play. to other great quarterbacks? Yes, just a quick little say. This is in the playoffs since Brady turned thirty seven versus other quarterbacks and what they did in their entire careers. Careers, yes. Since turning thirty seven, Tom Brady has fourteen playoff wins. He's fourteen and three in the playoffs since turning age thirty seven. Peyton Manning had a total of 14 playoff wins. Breeze, 9. Rodgers, 11. Roethlisberger, 13. Okay? Uh, Total touchdowns in the playoffs since turning 37. Brady, 37. 
All time for these other guys, Manning 43, Breeze 37, Rogers 46, Roethlisberger 37. And ultimately, Super Bowls. Since turning 37, Brady has four. Manning four, Breeze one, Rogers one, Roethlisberger three, Super Bowl wins three for Brady, two for Manning, one for Breeze, one for Rogers, two for Roethlisberger. This is just what he's done since turning 37. Stupid. It is just it's, stupid. It's it's why he's the world's greatest American. <laughs> well, according to you, I mean it. It, I, it right there. It it proves it. I mean that's that's you've got proof right there. In print. Uh, ridiculous, right? And here he is in the NFC Championship game again. It just is, it's, well, not again. I mean, a, a championship game. This is the first time he's been in an NFC yes. Championship game. But you know what I'm saying. 14 of the 19 years he started a full season in the NFL. He's in a, he's in a championship game. You know, the thing about, and, and get ready, America. Get ready. Because... Mm-hmm. Green Bay is your last hope standing in the way of what I'm about to say. Tampa Bay looks like a team that's putting it all together right now. Right in the right Late time, speed, right? right? Yeah. Late speed. Yeah. If they win this week, they're going to win the Super Bowl. And then Brady wins again. My question is Green Bay's you... the only thing stopping them from another Brady Super Bowl. They'll win the Super Bowl if they win this week. My question to you, Mike, what happened the other five years? That he didn't play in a championship game. Right? What was he doing? Slacking? Yeah. Taking time off? Who were the teams that represent who were the teams that got there those years? That's a good question. Well, it was last year. Right. Uh there was a year that they didn't make the playoffs. Oh, night uh, two thousand and two I think. They missed the playoffs. Other than that, I think the Ravens picked him off once early. Yeah, in a divisional game, I think, I think they the got him. I think the Jets, with Sexy Rexy and Mark Sanchez, knocked him off early. Really? I think so. Wow. Kept him from the AFC Championship game. What about the year the, the Ravens the, the Ravens won the the championship with Joe Flacco? That, no, that was the year they knocked him off. They in knocked like him the off early, league. yeah. Yep, yep. And maybe the Colts did it one year? I, I, I'm reaching, but yeah, only five times. Man. All right, so who you got? Um, I think I think the Packers win. Me too. Just straight up Packers win. Yes. Now, as far as how they do against the spread, yeah, got to turn to the expert. All right, as promised, uh, Jay Cornegay from uh, Superbook, America's Best Bet, joining the program right now. Jay, it's it has not gone. Last week did not go well for me. Jay, I went zero and four against the spread last week. Mike was a dominating two and two. Right now we stand against the spread in the playoffs. Although I did crush him in the regular season, but in the playoffs where where it really counts, the playoffs is where it counts. Jay, uh, Mike is five and five. In the uh, playoff picks, right? Yes. And I am two and eight. <laughs> two oh. and eight. Could you imagine if you gone a? a, a I've been telling you to go opposite of what I pick all uh, playoffs. You to be you. You guys, you guys would have to close down. My that's that's what would have to happen, Jay. You'd have to close down. <laughs> well, I know. Looking at those records, I definitely want to see if Mark can get a superbook account. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I, I, I mean, we joke, but literally, if you had just gone against us from the start this season and just bet whatever we did opposite, mm-hmm. 
I mean, it'd be it, you'd be crushing yeah. it right now. Yeah, yeah, crushing it. And these are the. I mean, Jay Cornegay would be putting you up in a suite with all the buffets you could possibly. Eat. No, I'm telling you what, it just is. It's unbelievable, unbelievable. Jay, just take Jay, take mercy on me, you'd pity be a, on you'd me. You'd be please. a whale. That's what you'd be. You'd be a whale. Yeah, I know. I know. All right. All right well, he has some pretty nice sweets, guys. Yeah, that's he, right. He really has some nice sweets, and anybody that has a two and eight record is always welcome. We just roll <laughs> out the red carpet. <laughs> Well, see, I'm the guy you want to go to Vegas with, Mike. I'm the guy you want to go with because, yeah, Yeah. you're gonna you're you're gonna eat free when you go with me. All right, so here (laughs) we go. We'll let Mike. uh, We'll let Mike start it off. Uh, Go ahead, Mike. With the NFC Championship games, you've got uh, the Packers and the uh, the Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then obviously you've got the Bills and Kansas City. So where are you going? All right, I'm going to go with Green Bay. Uh, boy, they looked really, really strong last week. Uh, they'll, they'll be playing at home. Brady won't be bothered by playing in the cold, although he's getting older. You know, maybe the blood's thinning out. He, he's been spending all that time in Tampa, but Aaron Rodgers just is, is has been exceptional, and I think he also had the added benefit of. Uh, the thumping that Rodgers and the the Packers took earlier this year, and and I think that will will help serve to be uh, a huge motivating force. So I'm going to go with Green Bay to uh, to win and cover uh, the what three and a half you three said? and a half three and yes. a half. I'll take Green Bay, and then yep. in the AFC game you have Kansas City uh, with the assumption, of course, that Patrick Mahomes is playing. Boy, you you, you saw. Uh, as much as I give credit to to Kansas City for being able to gut out and 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 really play a gritty football game after Mahomes went out, the thing I noticed was just the stark difference in Kansas City with Mahomes and without. If Mahomes doesn't get hurt in that game, I have no doubt that they win that game by two touchdowns, fifteen points or more. Yes. So and then I would have then I would have I'd be one. And three, then you'd be opposed, one and three exactly. Yeah, so was over four. So, uh, so I think as long as Mahomes is playing, uh, Kansas City's is, is is more than three points better. So I'll take the Chiefs. All right, the Chiefs minus three. All right, I'm going to go ahead and pick, and then we'll let you kind of uh, discuss, Jay. So um, here's the deal: I'm going exact opposite of you um, because you suck, and I need uh, I need all the help I can get to at least make this respectable. So. I do like Tampa Bay. I like Tampa Bay's defense. I like the speed and athleticism with which they play. I like the fit, fit uh, the the fact that they blitz and they bait you into some throws. Aaron Rodgers threw two picks. I think he had five all season. He threw two against Tampa Bay. Um, they have that ability. Um, I don't know that they win, but I think it's going to be a tight game. I'm going Tampa Bay there, and I'm getting the three and a half. And then just you know. For the sake of uh, argument and trying to trying to reel you in here, not that I can reel you in, but at least make it respectable, um, I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills um, getting the three points. So that's what I say, Jay. Uh, I suck, but uh, that's the way it's going to go. <laughs> well, I know you said you suck, and you said uh, Mike sucks too. <laughs> right? Yeah, Mike's not good either. Yeah, I, I just suck. I, a, I just suck a little less. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I'll give you a mini sweep, Mike. Um, but uh, looking at this, you know, the first game, the Bucks at the, the Packers, we actually opened this game four and a half, and it was all Tampa Bay money. It all came rolling in and drove the line all the way down to Packers minus three. As you mentioned, now we're back up to three and a half. It's really weird. This line is basically saying that these two teams are even, which I don't agree with. 
I, I agree with Mike. I, I like the Packers. Uh, they they have a little bit of revenge factor as these two teams met in October. If you remember, it was a very similar game to what we just saw last weekend where the Saints kind of, you know, uh, built the lead, they blew it, and got blown out. Green Bay did the same thing against Tampa Bay in October in Tampa Bay. I think Green Bay was up about 10 nothing. Rodgers threw a couple of bad picks. Next thing you know, the Bucks roll them. But I think it's going to be different. One of the key factors in handicapping this game is the Bucks are, do, are, are doing that three-game road trip. And we all know about that fact. That is very, very difficult to win three straight games on the road. So Packers there. The other game, Bills at the Chiefs. Of course, this is all about Mahomes. If Mahomes isn't in there, we could be looking at the Bills like minus four, minus four and a half, maybe even more. As you mentioned, the Chiefs are a totally different team when Mahomes isn't in there. I don't think he's going to be 100%, but I certainly believe he's going to play. We open this game at four. Uh, Mahomes got uh, hurt. We reopened at two and a half, thinking that he was going to play. It's leaning that way. Now it's back up to three. As, As people bet this game, they're all over the bills. So that's two underdogs the public is on. This will probably be the first time in a long, long time, maybe ever, that the books are going to need the two favorites in the conference championship game. So this is going to be very interesting to see how the betting goes over the next couple of days. Yeah, you know, uh, we were talking about it earlier, but I really think that my bigger concern for Mahomes is his foot. Um, you know, the concussion yeah. protocol, I think you'll clear the concussion protocol. He was never actually diagnosed with a concussion. So I don't know if that expediates him getting through concussion protocol. But the bottom line to me is the foot was more concerning uh, than the head issue. So we'll see exactly how that plays out. But um, is that, I, I'm with Mark, you guys. Is I think something it that they would take a shot uh, on, kind of numb it a little bit or? How do they treat that? So, so let me just tell you from that position. So I I played a whole playoff series um, when I was in Washington. I played against uh, Atlanta. We beat them 24-7, to I think. Then we played the NFC Championship was against Detroit. We beat them 40-something to 10 or something of that nature. And then we went to the Super Bowl and beat down the Bills. And I had a high ankle sprain, so I had my leg shot up for all three of those games. Um, And my whole foot would go numb. And it's really hard to play that way. I think for a quarterback, um, I think it's almost impossible because you have no feel of your feet, and your feet and your sets are so important. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one that for Mahomes, because if you numb up, if it's his foot or if it's his toe or if it's plantar fascia or whatever it is, your whole foot will go numb. And there's like that's just one of those things that – I just don't know that you can play that way as a quarterback. Jay, let me forewarn you here because this is the kind of stuff that Mark and I talk about. So, uh, Mark, I have had times where I have like sat on the toilet for about twenty five yeah, minutes with yeah. a you know good magazine, and my foot's falling asleep. You're right, and the just trying to get up and walk was impossible. Right, how in the world did you play football? Well, I I'm, mean, we've all been there. One, you know, the toilet asleep foot. I mean, right? Yes, the toilet asleep foot. major affliction. Yeah. What's worse is the toilet asleep hand. Then you're not sure what you're doing when you're cleaning yourself up. That's even worse. So you got to be careful. Oh, with that. I, I warned you, Jay. Yeah, you've got to be very, very careful. You give me all of a sudden you roll around, and the next thing you know. You know, your your no, finger breaks there. through the toilet paper, stop and then. There. Oh. <laughs> all right, Jay. 
Listen, man, it's always well, a Everybody knows there's a six-minute limit on the toilet, okay? Six? You can't read an article longer than six minutes. Six? Man, I'm just warming up by six. <laughs> Really? <laughs> see, that's a, that's a problem, man. I'm I'm in and out. Oh, I, I it's hey, that's my sanctuary. Listen, you got young kids, you're looking for a place to go to be able to have some alone time. I got you. All right. Well, hey, listen, Jay, man, we really appreciate it. Um, hopefully, I hopefully I I can make a comeback because if I win, if I go three and zero in the next three games, then we're tied. Five wins apiece. Correct. Yeah. So. That's what's got to happen. Yeah, Mike goes over. Yeah, I gotta yeah go Mike's got to go over. Yeah, Mike can do it. I, I've I, seen hey, him go over hey, before. Hey, don't put it past me. Yeah. All right, Jay. Listen, all the best to you. Thank you so much. We'll be. Uh, we'll check back in with you uh, next week. Sounds great, guys. Have a good one. All right, that's Jay Cornegay from Superbook, America's best bet. Like to thank Superbook for being one of the sponsors of the show. Also, like to thank our fine folks over at Sweet Sweat. Uh, for all your exercise and supplement needs, that's Sweet Sweat at SweetSweat.com. Uh, for Mike, for myself, for Scott the Huff, we thank you so much, and we'll be back with you after Championship Weekend.